South by Southeast, and welcome back to Due South by Southeast. I'd like to apologise for the uh, longer than even usual gap between episodes. Unfortunately, we've had technological meltdown here in our little log cabin uh, recording studio. Uh, first of all, the internet went down for two weeks, and then straight after that, as soon as I got the internet back, my laptop decided to die. So uh, we're now back in action. So we're having a follow-up directly after the last episode. Uh, unfortunately, Michelle, Nicola, and the dogs aren't with me. But uh, we're going to have a follow-up with my friend over in the uh, over in Australia, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so well then. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Mr. John Wright, fresh from the uh, You Must Remember This uh, convention. How, how's it been, sir? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to speak to you again. I can see you there up a flagpole. I uh, just caught you. You sort of strapped around the top of a flagpole. I can see the mountains <laughs> yeah. behind you there. Um, I've got a flag here. I've got, I've, got a, flag. I've got a flag on my chest. I've got my Leafs yeah. t-shirt on. I've got my Canadian flag, which would usually be in the window. But because unusually for the UK, we've had hot weather. The window's been open so much, I had it down. But uh, the weather might be returned to a state where the flag can fly <laughs> over the window again. <laughs> very nice, very nice. No, it's been good. Um, it's always a, it's always a strange ex- uh, sort of experience as soon as the convention ends. It's kind of like a withdrawal symptoms. Uh, everyone gets it. The organizers get it. The attendees get it. Um, even if you're like you're hanging around Toronto afterwards, it, I don't know. There's just like a bit of like a oh, it's over. But it, but the nice thing is the really nice thing is that people, if they do make a holiday of it and, or they stay a few days after, they organize their own little things as well. Their own little meetups. Tom Melissus. Um, from from the the guests the cast um he even organized a little meetup on the monday um because he couldn't stay as long as he wanted to on the saturday so he just like hey everyone come over we'll meet up for lunch and we'll just have a good old time and that's how lovely it is we just there's i noticed other people just had little informal meetups oh let's catch up let's go and do this let's go do that and that's what it's all about that's it's people making new friends and sort of enjoying enjoying their experience it's not just about the convention it's everything around it before and after it's it's lovely i mean it sounds very similar to my experiences in my other life doing a doctor who podcast uh, mm. where i i dropped the detective squee mantle for doctor squee i'm very inventive that way uh, <laughs> squee was just a nickname a from back in the day <laughs> squee was just a nickname I already had and it's like let's just stick some titles in front of it that'll sound good uh, yes. uh 
But yeah, I mean, as part of that, I go and I host some convention panels myself and, and I go to all these different conventions around the UK. And uh, the one thing which I do notice is the uh, person who organises it, as much as they love it, it's just, uh, say, you have to be everywhere at once. And, and as one of the organisers of this event, yeah. how is it for you uh, doing that? And how is it for you afterwards just catching your breath after this probably being every bit of spare time you've got for a year at least? <laughs> it's Yeah, it, it does ramp up. The good thing is, like, every time we've done it, we get better at it. Like we, we have more things in place. We know our AV guy. We know our venue, although this one was brand new, so that took a lot of getting used to. But the events themselves, the cast, the crew, guests, you know, we're already in touch with them, so they know what to expect. It just makes the next one just that little bit easier. Um, but, I mean, how I, I was in, the 2000, in 2010, I was living in Dubai, and I thought that was a long way to travel. But no, um, flying from Australia, um, that was 31, 32 hours Ooh. from plane to landing um, by Hong Kong and coming back, it was about 36 hours. Ouch. Yeah, but the thing, when you get up there, you're running on adrenaline. So when I got there, I was kind of like a bit sort of all over the place. But uh, as soon as I got to the hotel, checked in, I was over to Stefan's room, uh, the main guy who organizes it. Um, and we were there just <laughs> cutting up stuff, making up all the uh, all the goodie bags. I have one here. So, yeah, make making up all the contents for, for these goodie bags. Oh, speaking uh, of which, we're going to rush this episode out, so it's going to be going out this weekend. Quickly, give a little plug for the goodie bags, because I know you've got some which you're still um, still got there. We do, yes. So um, the goodie bags, I'll run through the contents uh, very shortly. But, yeah, we have, um, uh, we have 10 left. Uh, as of recording this so we have uh in each bag there is a t-shirt so we go by t-shirt size we have four small three medium and three large t-shirts left so those goodie bags contain a t-shirt uh, go on to the website rcw139.org and you can buy them via the online store just hit the 2019 convention tab at the top and you'll see the online store and it's via paypal so you can use your credit card etc and it's flat rate shipping internationally um which is great it, it it just keeps it nice and fair for everyone um and it is full of stuff so if i give you a quick rundown i mean visually it's not great for a podcast but you can see a nice little branded bag there i will it's say nice it just looks design. very professionally uh, made up it looks fantastic very very nice um got the reds and the black uh, color kind of on it very yeah. much in theme of the show and Definitely, we try and keep it in running in place there. So the T-shirt there, the design. Don't know if you can see that, but it's yeah. um, it's sort of like a version of the logo. But on on there, there is a full episode list. So it's nice. kind of like a really nice, uh, a cool little design there. Um, also inside, we have uh, all these fun little goodies. We have a bracelet that was handmade by um, uh, a lady called Tina. And she made every single one of these. So that was like um, uh, about 200 of them. So it says due south, uh, 2019, uh, sorry, 1994 to 2019. So that was really, really sweet of her. Amazing. Um, we have a limited edition due south commemorative pin. That's awesome. That's the logo there. Uh, there is a pen. There are... Um, <laughs> 
uh, sorry, there are stickers. There are these uh, art cards, um, uh, sort of uh, graphic art cards that were made for like episode titles. Uh, so there's a series of about 14 and those, so you don't know which one you're going to get. It could be all the Queen's horses. It could be a likely story. It could be odds. could be absolutely anything. We have a set of trading cards. Uh, uh, each time we do a convention, there are a different sort of theme. So we've done like memorable episodes, quotes, characters. These ones we've done past convention moments. So it's like things from Jay Semko to Cinder the Last Stephen Baker. There's a whole host of those, and they're really cool. We have a program, souvenir program, which is a full color booklet full of all kinds of cool things, including some really nice messages. We have. Um, there's uh, oh, an ace. We always include try to include props, some kind of prop that may have featured on the show or something that we've created from it. So we have an Ace Leary uh, baseball card. So the uh, the baseball episode where Callum Keith Rennie plays a different character, a baseball character. So it's a an authentic baseball oh, replica. Nice. And this is a really cool, cool one. So we have hand signed uh, pictures of, uh, from Paul Gross himself. Um, there's three three different designs there so you may get one with him one with Callum one with David Marciano I'm probably forgetting a whole bunch of other stuff but we also have contents from Encore Plus who I'll mention who, who uh, helped sponsor some of the events and they did a Juice South Cinema event with us so Encore Plus have sent some pop sockets and pin badges there's a Juice South one there and they are um, they're part of the uh, Canadian Media Fund um, and they work with all kinds of people, but they've set up YouTube channels where they show classic Canadian shows for free. One of those being Juice South. Great. So they, they sponsored an event, uh, Juice South Cinema. We put on popcorn, um, big screen, great sound and everything. And it, it was, it's just, it was just like going to the cinema to watch Juice South. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's a whole host of other stuff in there. I believe there's about 15 items or so in total in there. So it's, it's really good value. And remind us, how much does that go for? I think it was, uh, because the larger t-shirt sizes are gone, I think it's $75 Canadian, yeah. including shipping worldwide. Which these days is probably about 75 quid uh, if you're in the UK. <laughs> if not, I mean, I don't know. I think we have to... Do... Oh, Brexit. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it is really good value, uh, considering what's in there is all exclusive and handmade. You know, that, um, it's, you know, you won't get it anywhere else. Oh yeah, yeah, and, no, no. I mean that the the price. I think even if it is, I, I don't know what the exchange rate is currently. I don't think it is that far behind generally because I did look it up at one stage because I want to get my hands on one of the goodie bags. I haven't managed to yet. About forty pounds, I think. But it is, I I think, well worth whatever you know the, the amount mm. that is it's the the amount of stuff you get in there and what i love about it is it does shout out the event but it doesn't look like you know it looks like due south merchandise so if you're wearing this yes. after the event if you weren't there you yep. don't have to feel like you know i'll have to explain that i bought a goodie bag for an event i didn't actually go to it just looks like really cool due south stuff so it's kind of got a double right. double layer to it yeah we don't want it to be sort of like 
you know, like Vistaprint, you know, you just slap a logo on something and it just, oh, really, there's no effort made. I mean, like, I'm a designer. We had another graphic designer. We really put a lot of time and effort into making these look as good as possible. And, I mean, we sent, in addition to the attendees, we sent about close to 100 additional goodie bags out worldwide we've been sending them to i brought a whole bunch down to australia with me to post uh we've been sending to austria um russia the netherlands yeah all across europe uk us of course um but yeah it, it just shows that it still is it's as strong as ever it really is yeah it's amazing uh but getting back to convention i just want to make sure we got that plug in i didn't want to forget um no thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of plugs, just very quickly, so I'm not like uh, tacking in on the end. Since we're doing plugs, I've got a book out today. Like I wrote a <laughs> short story for a uh, book. It's it's not all me, but it's like it's called This Way Up. It's uh, credited as the Superstars, so it's a collection of uh, new or uh, up and coming writers, and uh, it's hitting Amazon today. So if you check out your local Amazon, it's called This Way Up, the Superstars, and you get a short story under my. Uh, otherworldly alias of Ian Shaw. Uh, and it, <laughs> if you buy a copy, it'll be helping me out. Um, yeah, yeah, I go by that name occasionally, but I prefer Squee. Um, so yeah, anyway, I, I just thought I'd check that in there. Details I'll also slap on the Due South by Southeast uh, page because I'm a self-promotional whore that way. But getting back to the event, <laughs> that's not what we came here to talk about. Um, with the uh, many events and uh, things you had going on around it, one which I was very enthralled by when we were speaking about last was the Kit Kat Challenge. Tell me about the range of Kit Kats and where they all came from and how that went. That was from one of the very earliest uh, conventions. I think it was in the 90s. Um, Paul Gross came along to one and they found out his favorite snack was Kit Kats. Um, and I think one of the, uh, I think it was 99. He signed a lot of Kit Kats, like actual bars for people to go and I think they did, not to that our extent, but they did some kind of goodie bag, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, um, there was a rapper actually up for the charity auction from that goodie bag that he'd signed. Um, so yeah, uh, and it was just something that took off. I thought, oh, well, there's people coming from all over the world. Let's see how what kind of weird, funky Kit Kat varieties there are, and let's just try them all but call them the contest but really it's just a bit of fun for people to see you know kick outs from around the world um and they didn't disappoint this year oh my word there was <laughs> there was sake is it sake the, sake. the japanese yeah it's a drink yeah, yeah. isn't it yeah yep yeah, and i nearly threw up in my mouth when i tried that one <laughs> that was vile um there was like a lemon drizzle cake one there was like a ruby chocolate one there was green tea green tea is lovely actually that's really nice um yeah I there's a whole host of stuff yeah i just i i wouldn't know what kit Kat as a company are smoking to be honest with you that they're coming up with all these different ranges but they obviously all must sell Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, when I was in the airport, actually, funnily enough, I was just, I was looking for some, <laughs> uh, the commit organizing committee. I took him a jar of Vegemite each. Uh, just like I, I needed to take him an Australian souvenir. I thought, no, I'll take him some Vegemite and they can either love me or hate me for it. Um, and I came across this box of Kit Kats and it was all like really unusual, luxurious flavors like creme brulee and strawberry cheesecake. So I thought, right, I'm going to get that for Paul Gross because I knew he was attending by that point. Oh, wow. So I, he got that as a little gift at the end. So yeah, I had to logo up a, a box of Kit Kats. 
For a Go second on. there, I thought you were going to say you made my dream come true from our last chat and you put the Vegemite with the Kit Kat to invent the Vegemite <laughs> Kit Kat. I mean, I would never uh, yeah. eat it. I just want to uh, invent something so stereotypical of a country. <laughs> totally. I'm surprised they didn't do it, actually. Um, I'll have to check with my wife. Maybe, maybe they have done. Um, but no, I mean, it was great because, um, like the Thursday, um, like I arrived on the Wednesday and we were just busy setting the room up, putting posters up and things like that. And, uh, it was great just to catch, it's great just to catch up because you hear people, oh, I've arrived in Toronto and then we go down for a quick coffee and things like that. And the Thursday, that's when we really sort of, we do like a pre-event thing for any early arrivals, people who are in town and we meet up in the distillery district. Um, which you'll, you, as soon as you see, if you go on Google, like Google Maps and things like that, or there's, there's a distillery district website, as soon as you see photographs, you think, oh my God, that's why they filmed that. That's why they filmed that. That's why they filmed that. Yeah. From, throughout Due South's run, because it was quite a rundown area back in the 90s, and it was a perfect ready made filming location. Uh, so that's where there are all the gantries and walkways and all the warehousing and things. Is so that, it is that just... alleyway they use quite a lot out there? Yeah. yeah. You see, as soon as you said yeah. about the, you started describing it to me last time you spoke, I kept on just thinking of episodes and moments. Like yeah. uh, we recently watched the uh, one with um, oh the the killer of Benson's dad coming back. Uh, and I think it is. Yes, uh, that's yeah, right. and he's hanging from the thing at the end. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Ghost appears. Yeah, that. Yeah, Gives out still there, the window's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just picture all these like little moments and scenes from different episodes. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, and uh, Katie, uh, who's part of our committee, her dad, Tom McCann, is just, I, I, I swear, if he got on a show like Mastermind, he'd just win the thing. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge. The guy had done tour guides for us. And he just showed up and took us around and there's just a wealth of knowledge. And he's, he does research on like even skylights from the boxing episode. Is it Mountie and Soul where Callum falls through a roof light and he's trying to work it out. That's not the right roof light. And he find he does the research and finds out they created a, a separate roof light for this thing. And we go into the just amazing, absolutely amazing. So we have a walk around the distillery district. He shows us various things from different episodes, and then we have a meal. And uh, yeah, it's just a great lead into into the event itself. I mean, I, I mean this in no sarcastic or insulting way, but is this one of our brothers on the spectrum? Because that that sounds like someone with autism who's got those superpowers of being able to notice these things. He's just a really intelligent bloke, but <laughs> yeah. he's ad- well, adored by everyone. He's brilliant. Well, Absolutely. There, there he, is... did, he did the full-on tour as well. We did a walking tour on Sunday. Um, and again, each, you know, just handouts, like <laughs> a, a pack for each person already made. Well, I'm just fa- in, incredible. I'm fascinated with the idea, and I've, I've heard this a few times. There is a theory that, um, like a lot of people – in the past and and currently, who uh, uh, some of our brightest thinkers do have uh, autistic traits or are on the spectrum, and mm. I just find it wonderful. I I, I think it's really uh, great. We're not only finding ways of helping people whose whose um, type of autism can be detrimental, but we're also yeah. finding the ways in which it contributes to society. So that, that's why I ask that. It's just something which is fascinating to me. Mm. Mm. Uh, just in case we got anyone on the spectrum who's listening who thinks I'm taking the mic, I'm not at all. I just I find that really interesting. No, no, no. I've, no fully, and yeah, anyone who can notice stuff like that. And... Yeah. Mm. Just genius. I, I wish I could be that observant, basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, right. you know some of the stuff which you put on the um, on the Facebook page, and you were very kind to share on ours, uh, was some stuff of uh, Paul talking. So would you like to to talk about his um, his presentation? And I wonder how he manages after all these years to keep it fresh and to find new stuff to talk about. He just always seems so engaged, and so uh, it never feels like he's trotting out another story that he's told a million times. No, no, not at all. I mean, again, we kept it hidden from everyone. Like we had to put a few surprises up our sleeves, and this is obviously one of the biggest. So as soon as we did like registration and like a bit of ice breaking on the first day, let people mingle and things, and we do like the formal opening and introduce people. Um, and then we hit the bombshell on them. We said, like, Paul Gross is going to be here in half an hour. And, uh, like, a few people kind of lost their minds. A few people sort of, like, went a bit white. Um, <laughs> there was a few shrieks, mainly mainly from females. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, he's just a very charming, very – I mean, he, every single event he always gets involved, whether it's signing photographs or – sending DVDs or something like that. He always contributes in some way if he, if he can't be there. And he's absolutely wonderful. And his assistant, Penny, who was just, yeah, she's always great to work with. Um, but no, he was be- meant to be there for about an hour, and I think he was there about an hour and a half. He just let it run and run and run. We had to stop it, unfortunately, because Penny was like, it, we've got to go. Um, but no. Oh, sorry, just breaking up Completely through. different questions from last time. Oh, so you just broke up for a second. You're back oh. with us now. Okay, cool. I'm back in the room. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, it's just stories we've never even heard before, like the curse. They had a curse on the pilot okay. because I think it, a caribou got killed and they didn't bury it properly. And the Inuit said, right, sorry, you, you're cursed until you, you do a, a ceremonial sort of burial of this thing. And the stuff that went on, was just insane. Plane crashes. Plane crashes. Yeah, that's that's not a small uh, thing. No. Like, just insane stuff. People nearly getting killed. Paul being one of them. Um, I will, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll reveal the, the, the thing I'm going to announce now. I might as well, because it seems an apt time. Yeah. We are going to launch a YouTube channel. Wow. Which will contain all the panels from uh, RCW139 in full. Amazing. Uh, uploading the Paul Gross one as we speak. So you'll get to hear all of these stories. Um, again, we had proper audio video, video, so you'll be able to uh, experience that in full. Um, so, yeah, you'll be able to enjoy that. And we've even got uh, even stuff like the intro. I did a video intro and stuff. So we will release something every week. So we'll do Paul uh, along with a few of the bits of goodies. Um, and we'll do a guest panel next week, uh, and then another panel the week after. And then we will also assemble playlists from past RCW one three nine conventions, so people can experience in one place all the past RCW one three nine convention videos in one area in one YouTube channel. Oh, wow, um, we're going to have to do some special episodes, I feel, on those YouTube uh, things. We're going to have to have a talk through over a few bottles of rum here. <laughs> Serious. Paul was so entertaining. I mean, really entertaining. And uh, the guy hasn't aged. I mean, he's got, like, white, oh. silvery hair now. You know, I was thinking well, this. Honest to God, you, you could slap the hat on him and away he could go. Well, the, the thing is, I will actually pay him a slightly different compliment along the same lines. I think he... I, I say about some people, because as I say, like, you know, through my other podcast, I end up going and talking to a lot of people from TV shows. And some of them you see and you go, they just haven't aged at all. I will say oh. 
He's aged, but he looks great. Like he, he looks like a silver fox now. Like his skin looks really great. He just, but it just really suits him. So even though yeah. for me, he does look a little bit older, but just really cool. <laughs> it's the, it's the George Clooney effect. Sorry, sorry, say again. We lost you again for a sec. It, it's it's the George Clooney effect, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was used to say it as uh, the Jack Nicholson effect because yeah. basically he just he did, he got older, but he just looked more powerful, more cool, more interesting looking. And George Clooney, exactly the same. I think George Clooney sort of almost kind of steps into that role Jack Nicholson used to fulfill. Now, sadly, he's yeah. you know not really making public appearances. And it's totally true of Paul Gross. Just uh, as he gets older, he just looks more and more cool and interesting, and and you know, yeah. But the same in the same in, in another way. It's just really. There was one photo where he's shirtless, which he posted on his um, on his Twitter. And you know, I'm I'm not going to mention his age here, but if I'm that age and I can do a shirtless picture like that, I can't even do that now. So I don't even know why I'm dreaming of that. You know, <laughs> there is a very funny shirtless story from one of the crew guests. Um, which you'll hear about, uh, Jackie Molson. She was, uh, the wife of Chris Molson. Um, she was more in the office. Um, but she had to go and deliver something to Paul and you'll hear all about it when that video is, is released. But Jackie and Chris Molson, oh my, I think they actually stole the show. They stole the entire weekend because they are just a hoot. All the behind the scenes stories were just in, insane like crew parties and stuff, kissing contests. Who can get most kisses out of Paul, from Paul Gross? Like, like purely innocent, you know. In, in a, in a, oh, like, you'll sorry. hear all about it. I, I, I'll, I will just spoil it. Oh, we had a little bit of a video moment there, but I got, I got the gist of that. Yeah, so we'll hear all about it on okay. the videos. Yes, most yeah. definitely. I would say it's not uh, your microphone, it's just a Skype lag. Oh, okay. Yeah, it happens, unfortunately. Look, come on. We're connecting halfway across the world here. We, we can forgive a bit of lag. <laughs> yes, that's not it. I will slow down with my responses. Oh, no, no, no. You're, uh, do, you're, you're doing wonderfully. It's, it's, it's just the connection. And, you know, I have to remind <laughs> myself sometimes because I get like, a, oh, God, Skype's lagging again. It's like, oh, yeah, the thing which connects you across the world is lagging a little bit. How, how inconsiderate of this technology. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know, first yeah. problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, we no, so uh, quickly we, get used to it. <laughs> we wrapped up that panel. We we always have like crew guests, uh, gifts and things like that. We um, we had someone make these handmade log cabins. Um, the lady who does a lot of prints and makes a lot of the content for the goodie banks. Um, she had someone who, who could make these log cabins, like Benton's log cabin with RCW139 on it and stuff. So we gave that to him, the Kit Kats. And uh, we always give posters signed by all the attendees. But we also, another little surprise that I'd worked on was a proclamation from the city of Toronto to officially not, uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary of G-South. So it was this beautiful certificate wow. document framed. It was gorgeous. And we presented that. And it was for everyone, really. But Paul, I think Paul kind of misunderstood and, and took it home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the photographs. Um, you know, the, the, the ones on our Facebook page where he stood by the cardboard standing yeah. with himself. Yeah. Um, and it's in his hands. So he kind of... It, Okay, all right, you take that home. Um, but at least you know it's in the most appropriate place possible. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It, 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 
yeah, who, who better to take that on but Paul? And what I, what I do really love is that Paul Gross, um, I think he's got the perfect mix because he obviously does keep creating, keep doing new new programs and new creative enterprises. He's someone who, who does look forward. But he never forgets kind of like um, how much he loved this TV show, how much it gave to him. No. And uh, his love for the fans. I, I, you know, I never feel like a uh, star owes us anything, but he certainly is very giving. Most well, yeah. I mean, even evident by these conventions, and he's not like someone like that that could be typecast. Like, so, oh, that's the Mounty guy. Just like someone who played Superman or in Star Trek or something. As yeah, you can't play anything else. You can only play that role. And he's he's not sort of like shied away from. Like he hasn't sort of um, said, oh no no, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm not that person. And he's nice, no, so celebrated, and he's always very fond of that. Uh, and you can you'll see in the video, um, it's lovely. Um, so yeah, that got things kicking off with a bang. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of we did that Due South Cinema event, which was lovely. Um, Paulina from Encore Plus, she came along, and we're working on a few things. So there might be more news that I'll be able to pass on to you in the coming months. Um, just a few ideas that we're working on because Encore Plus they don't have international distribution rights yet. They are working on it um, so that people around the world can watch Due South and on YouTube for free. And we've got a few things up our sleeve that might make it the go-to place to watch YouTube. Let's just say the words HD. (gasps) Oh, and will they, I mean, just it's them being allowed to play the music is the big thing for me because, uh, you know, some people have shared the episodes of Due South, I believe, legally and appropriately. I I think rights have been worked out to show them on Mm. YouTube, but without the music, the music makes those episodes. We need the music. It does. It does. No, no, they have the rights. They have the official rights for seasons one and two. Uh, um, but again, I don't want to sort of speak for Paulina. Um, we'll just work on stuff when she gets back from a uh, holiday. And we'll see what we can do there. But they are really trying to get it international rights so everyone can sort of enjoy it wherever they are in the world. Because um, uh, they were quite flawed by the response. I mean, the, the photo of Paul on our Facebook feed, if you go over there, I think it's 16,500 views. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, it, it gathered. Um, it was like 300 shares, and it just shows like there's still power in this thing. There's there's still a, a fair amount of fandom. Um, but yeah, after that, we did some games, and Stefan, uh, who lives in Lab- Labrador, which is sort of like really up there uh, in Newfoundland, uh, he did this really nice little presentation, just a, a nice little wind down for the evening, a slideshow, just to show his lifestyle because very much like Benton in the Northern Territories. Um, and it, I mean, he has bears in his backyard for crying out loud. Um, tw- 20 feet of snow in June. Um, it's yeah it's it's just a little crazy but it was really it was quite fascinating i think everyone really enjoyed that actually um so that was friday all, all i can think of is when you say ben uh, when you say um uh, labrador and newfoundland is like is did they name all the dogs in that area <laughs> <laughs> sorry go on uh yeah you were saying so that's friday that's one day <laughs> that's one day yeah, yeah. one day um, and I mean, we purposefully get, I mean, there's breaks in between this as well. We 
purpose spread this out so people could go away and do their own things you know, like go and meet over coffees and lunches and dinners and things like that so that it wasn't just an onslaught could not just enjoy themselves um but day two um we were really lucky because the patrician grill um they were due to close and go on holiday yeah um so that's the setting for victoria's secret you yeah. know, the famous cafe yeah you reminded um, me last episode used, yeah, so they yeah. still use that for filming. They were filming there a few weeks before. I think it may have been for suits. Um, but it's really popular, and we just we just filled the place. I mean, we literally filled the place. There was, I think, maybe one seat left. They had to turn away regular <laughs> regulars, um, which I don't think they were too happy about. But they stayed open and one extra day for us, which was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we helped them with a bit more spending money for the holiday. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, just a really fantastic place. The guy who own, who owns it and runs it, he was in Victoria's Secret, who hands Benton his stuff, and he asks him if he wants that to take away, and yeah. and so he was telling us stories about that. Um, yeah, fantastic place. We've got a group photo there. Um, we'll put all the photos up as well, so people can see what we're up to and where. Um, and yeah. Quite a simple day, really, because we got back and we had a guest panel, um, which sort of like it takes up a you know a good few hours when you do that and question and answers and then meet and greets, signings, photos, all that kind of thing. So we had Michael Bowman, who's the assistant director. He'd been twice before. He's just a fascinating guy and very popular because he has just a million on stories. Um, we had Catherine Bruyere, uh, Elaine. Yeah. Um, she was there the whole weekend for us, so she joined us for Saturday and Sunday. Um, we had uh, Tom Melissus, of course, um, Dewey, um, Daniel Cash, uh, Louis Gardino, um, who's just been in anything and everything. And I never realized that was the first time those two had been on a panel together. Really? Like, yeah. Uh... So, uh, yeah, the, uh, and I didn't realize they know each other. They've known each other since before G South. Like, and yeah, because I was like, oh, should I ask a question? It's like, oh, you died and you took his spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't be able to resist, especially if I knew they were mates. I uh, think that's the time when you can do a bit of ribbing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then we had, uh, as I said, Chris Molson, who is the location PA and second unit location manager. Uh, and his wife Jackie who was like a last minute uh, addition which was great because again the mix of cast and crew they like there's a lot of banter there's a lot of stuff like they each other didn't like that they didn't know about each other's jobs or roles or what happened behind the scenes wow I, I, I love this idea that... whole host of stuff and again I was I was just going to say, I love the idea that uh, the, these people are learning about stuff which happened on the set, which they were on, mm. you know, stuff yeah. which they were never privy to. It's it's a wonderful moment. Uh, I once, I can't remember who it was with. I was once doing an interview and I asked a question which referenced something someone else had told me in an interview. And they go, oh, I had no idea about that. Really? That happened? And they were just, I, I love stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it's great. I mean, this, it was, and it was a mixture. It was like, yeah, it was a hoot, but it was also some really interesting stuff going on, like how they got their roles, what happened. I mean, like Daniel Cash, for instance, um, he offers quite a unique perspective because things weren't fantastic for him. Like he, he wasn't happy with his role and 
uh, just things just didn't play out and I don't think it was anyone's fault it just things just didn't work out the way they wanted so I think he you know um, he'll he'll explain it on the video um, but you'll find out about how his character is due to go and leave and how Tom's character steps in um, there's a big gap in between that of course um, yeah you just find out all these different things behind the scenes and it, it, yeah it's it's just really entertaining stuff. Um, and then we have the gala dinner on the evening. Um, and again, most of them, uh, I think Tom had to go, but everyone else like stuck around and, uh, we had a big gala dinner event, um, which was lovely. Um, we all stuffed our faces. I was looking at, um, Catherine, uh, cause all the guests are on a, like a separate table, you know, just so they can chat and yeah. stuff. And I was looking over and uh, <laughs> just to say, like, are you okay? Giving her a thumbs up. And um, she was, like, rubbing her bones. I'm so full. I said, no, there's desserts out there. She said, no, 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 I'm full, I'm full. 20 minutes later, she'd had two plates of desserts. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was just, it was lovely. And they all go mingle and. That was really sweet to see, actually. Um, like Daniel and Tom and Catherine and um, Chris and everyone, they were just mingling and chatting to everyone and finding out about uh, people's fandoms, how they got into the show. And because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of powerful stories behind some of the attendees and how they got into the show. Um, some quite sad ones, um, like you know, really like um, uh, yeah, profound sort of stories. Um, some people just obviously just basic fans of the show like myself. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. I mean, we even had, uh, attendee, uh, tags for, uh, Kevin Rushton, obviously who passed away not so long ago. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we hung his sort of attendee thing on the stage. So he was, the, he was there with us in spirit the whole, whole weekend as well as Fliss Pugh, who was, um, a veteran attendee. And she passed away not long after the 2014 event um, uh, from the Big C, unfortunately. Um, and uh, Kevin Clee, who uh, passed away a few years ago. Um, and we had attendees, uh, badges for them hung up uh, in the room. So, yeah, it, it, it was only fitting, really. It was a nice thing. Oh, that's lovely. Do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because there's, yeah, we've lost a few people, obviously, Leslie Nielsen and things in the past. But we just wanted to celebrate, uh, you know, just recognize the people who'd lost between the last one and this one. Um, well, maybe, so, maybe you could have the, the badges for, sadly, those you've lost this year, and then a plaque of some description. But the worry is then that Paul Gross will see it, think it's for him, walk home with it. You know what that Gross is like. He's got true. sticky fingers. It's, no, sorry. I don't, I'm ruining a touching moment here. I'm sorry. That, there was no call for that. But uh, <laughs> plaque, the plaque idea was kind of serious. Then I went off on one. No, I, I will ask his assistant for a photo where he's keeping that, that plaque. I want to know where he's keeping it. Is it in his office? Is it above the fireplace? Sorry. Oh, yeah, excuse me, I take a sip of water. It's, um, this is what but, happens when uh, I record an episode in the morning. True. Sorry. We'll, do it. we'll switch, it, we'll switch it around next time. It's fine. I'm, I've got my coffee. Uh, I'm all good. <laughs> um, then the Sunday... Um, and then before you know it, it's, it's coming to an end, you know, it's like, it's the last day. Um, uh, we started off with a walking tour this time with the filming locations, which again is great because last time we did a bus tour, 
But there's great things about that. You can obviously get further afield and see a few more things that you would normally see. But you have to hop off, take a photo, and hop back on. And it's, you can't really take it all in. With this walking tour, we got to see places we've never seen before, like the uh, train station from Victoria's Secret, you know, where they kept the lockers and things and the revolving doors from Victoria's Secret. Yeah. And I, I assume that, that big scene, you know, that scene at the end, I assume, yeah. was there. Yeah. Even where they did the platform where Benton gets shot in the back, well, exactly. where he's running for Victoria. Yeah. Every, just little things like that. I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. And um, again, all thanks to Tom, uh, Tom McCann. Um, and yeah, we, it was just a brilliant sort of walk around the city, starting, uh, um, I think it was the uh, museum or something, uh, with the CN Tower right above us, and then all the way around, ending at the Canadian consulate. Um, which turns out wasn't too far from the hotel. And you just, like, you don't believe, like, and the clever thing is, like, again, an encyclopedia of knowledge, I'll try and get a copy of the file. So if anyone ever goes to Toronto, they can use that as a tour guide and see all these places. Um, Because it's got the address, it's just brilliant. You put so much work into it. Um, But it shows you that they use the same area for multiple episodes and scenes and all they do is just turn the camera the other way like if they're doing a chase scene they'll like oh he goes around the corner then they'll just turn the camera and they'll come out of a different corner to make it look as though it's like a big one this chase is scene what, but they'll just use an alleyway yeah, at the same time this is what it's telling me and uh, reminding me I kind of you kind of kind of um Looking at it kind of uh, critically, you can start to, to see a few of these things, but like it shows you how Due South managed to make a much more expensive looking show for the budget they had. It, it never looked cheap. It never looked made for anything but a, you know, in some episodes, it looks like a film's budget. Yeah. Down on what definitely was not a film's budget. And, and, no. you know, I think that's a good, uh, reason probably why, why the likes of, uh, Paul Haggis, who's, you know, behind G South, why he went on to do James Bond and loads of other huge screen films. Because yeah. he could show he could make the most out of a budget. He could produce the goods, make something look so filmatic, even when he didn't have, you know, James Bond's budget. I mean, it was still a big shot. I think in one of the panels, you'll hear some of the crew comment. And I think it was even Paul himself, like they got on the show and said, oh, it's going to be some kind of indie thing and low budget. And he's never seen so many people in his life. I mean, they said it was a big deal. They had about 13 drivers, just drivers, just to take people from one place to the next. Um, um, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it, it... on the face, it look it, it's almost like it's clever filmmaking. It's just being resourceful, which is what I love about that type of thing. But yeah, it was a pretty big show. And going back to Paul Haggis, sorry, I should have mentioned this. This will also be on the YouTube thing. This is another surprise that we'd uh, concocted. Um, uh, I got a, a five-minute video from Paul Haggis that he recorded for us. Um, um, so yeah, he sent that in, which was lovely of him. Um, he honestly, he really did want to be there, but he was in China at the time of the event. Um, because I think if he was in town, he would have showed up for it. He was, uh, he, he just loves the fact that we he, were getting together 25 years after the show's first aired. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that'll be on the YouTube channel. Uh, that's uploaded, ready to go. Uh, and just stay tuned to our Facebook page for when we launch it. 
Paul Hankis keeps on teasing me, actually. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. I, I, on the off chance, um, messaged him on Instagram to see, you know, I said, yep. look, I'm doing this thing. It's a podcast about Duke South. It's the only one which exists. It would be really cool if you'd ever come on and spare us some time. I know you're way too busy to do this, but if you could, it would be amazing. Not expecting any reply. And he goes, oh, I'm not doing any, uh, interviews at the moment, but like, try me again at the beginning of next year. I'm going, try yeah. me beginning at, yeah. the, at the beginning of this year. And he's like, well, I'm not doing any interviews this year. If, if I had to guess personally, I'm probably guessing this was, um, there's a lot of stuff happening around that Scientology mess yeah, of things that yeah. happened. So I can understand he chose not to do any interviews this year, but he said, like, hit me up next year. So, like, I've got a yearly kind of like team message chat with Paul Grosso for a year. <laughs> and I did say, like, I had to say, like, thank you very much for being so brave in, in, in talking about Scientology and, you know, with mm. your family talking about it on that show. And he said, thank you. But just um, even, even that seems to me, if someone who is as busy as he is and his high, as high profile as he is, just spare the time even just to reply to say, oh, not right now, but try me again later. Even if he'd said no, spare the time just to do that. Yeah. For me, it's just nice. You know, it's just uh, come on courtesy when you don't have the time really to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in 2014, he even did an hour Q&A live via Skype. I mean, the, we had some technical difficulties, uh, unfortunately. I think something blew and the audio was amazing. But we could still hear him. And, like, just the amount, of, just to give an hour of his time. And he just remembers so much and he, he thinks about it so fondly. Um, I mean, you'll see in the video on YouTube the stuff he's talking about. I thought, wow, okay, it's almost as clear as a bell to him. This seems like yesterday and he's still very passionate about it. So that's that's lovely. So we'll hopefully keep the relationship and keep pestering him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, at, yeah. at the beginning of 2020, that is my, you know, just after we, <laughs> Bing, Big Ben will still be chiming. I'll be messaging him going, well, you said 2020, it's 2020 here. <laughs> the 12th gong and the 7th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> Probably won't yeah. even be 2020 for um, him yet or something, but, you know. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, so yeah, just delving back to Sunday. Yeah, after the, the location tour um, in a very very humid city. God, I wasn't re- prepared for that. Um, I had to burn a few of my clothes afterwards. Um, <laughs> we had another guest panel um, again. Um, Catherine Bruyere, um, just the loveliest, lovely lady. I I call her the first lady of Juice House. She's amazing. She's just always there at these events. Um, we had Christina Cox, who played Caroline Morgan. Yeah. Um, uh, in two episodes, uh, again, just fantastic, so entertaining. Um, and then we had Bob Wertheimer, uh, who was a producer on the show. And we also, um, oh, God, um, where is the editor? Bear me a second. His name escapes me. See, there's so many, so many stars and producers that that even John can't keep them in his head. There, there was that many who were there. <laughs> um, oh, I, I feel so horrible. I am two six. That's absolutely fine, and uh, I, I, I hope as a result of this uh, wonder of this event that there are more in the pipeline. I, I've still got to get to one. Like oh. you need to uh, organize one just for me to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's always the thing like don't ask us uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I know I know I was vamping um, I was vamping to give you time okay <laughs> it's it's always 
uh, a thing with this. Um, I am open it up now um, and stop being so. David Thompson, of course, David Thompson. He was the editor, and that guy is a veteran. I mean, the guy uh, edited uh, the Littlest Hobo. Going back, if you remember that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow um, we'll want to settle down. That's yep. the one. Oh, yeah. And he was just the loveliest, loveliest chap. And again, a completely different viewpoint because he doesn't meet any of this cast. He's looked away. And the guy is like a, like a tornado of editing. And like they were talking about the turnaround for these shows. They would literally edit, fly someone with the final cut to the broadcasting studios and broadcast it that same day that's how tight the turnaround was like for producing this this type of thing nowadays you just send the digital file and hit send no they had to give someone a can uh, of the final cut put them on a plane fly them there to get it to air that night and sometimes it'd be really sort of quite close to the wire it's amazing that yeah, really is. I mean, again, you'll see it on the video. Just fascinating stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, uh, after that, it was it was kind of uh, time to wind things down. Really, we did a, um, a charity auction, so it like a silent auction for sort of small items that people can bid on, and then we'd have like a live auction for some really cool stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, there was all kinds of like rare items uh, and sign uh, things and I think we've raised I think we'll get close to three thousand dollars wow. this time around um we'll again we'll we'll put all the we'll because non-profit would you know make everything public yeah. and we show like uh, this is what we raised and then we show who it goes to and if we can like take photos of the presentations and stuff but over the years since 2008 i think we're coming up this will make us close to twenty thousand dollars since 2008 yeah and and guys like we want this to break even so we can have more of these <laughs> we need we need these guys to not lose money otherwise they can't put on anymore <laughs> so support it any way uh, you can we, we, we just about broke even, yeah. Um, it's all down to the goodie bags, really. That's why we always try and sell the remaining ones because it's uh, we've got them there. But, you know, if people want to buy them, then and take I, advantage because like once to, they're gone, they're gone. I'd like to thank you as well that not only uh, is it a great event for those who attend, but it does uh, create an imprint after it so that we get these videos, we get these panels afterwards. We get, if you want to buy a goodie bag, they're there to buy as well. Like, please do to support this uh, wonderful event. Uh, you know, Encore, some, you know, based around this event by the sounds of things, are, are looking at showing Due South and putting out on, on YouTube. All this stuff happens because mm-hmm. events like this happen and it shows yeah. them uh, how popular the show still is. So, you know, even if you, you didn't go, you want to support it for these reasons because it will it will keep Due South, South alive. Definitely. And these things always come in waves, you know, like it may fall to the back of your mind and then something will come along and then, yeah, just stuff like this. Like with Paulina, um, she was chatting to me like the people at the Canadian Media Fund. They didn't think, they didn't think anything was this big uh, until I saw just that one photograph on Facebook and it's like 16,000 hits. And they just they were quite taken aback by it all. And the fact that there is such an international demand as well. So we're really going to see what we can do there um, behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, there's there's lots of other little things going on. And, again, we'll, we'll keep adding stuff to that YouTube channel. And, yeah, who knows what comes down the pipeline. 
and a couple more of these events, and I think we can push for a Due South reboot, or, or continuation, not reboot, sorry, I, I should make that clear. <laughs> continuation, Paul Gross comes about, back. Yeah. Well, they were talking about it, I was even chatting to Daniel Cash at the gala dinner, and then, like, just before he went, he called Stefan and I, he's like, so I've been thinking, this is my, this would be my pitch for the, uh, the, the reboot. And I said, what? Okay. And he's like, he's got a story in mind and he's like, oh, this person's doing that. And I also, I pushed for Elaine to be like the, like the head of the station now. And she's like Brilliant. turned into the new like dragon lady bossing everyone around. And, oh, and then you get um, the commissioner being um, Walsh. Commissioner yes. Walsh now is there. <laughs> That's it. Just, keep him in the family. Well, but I'd want to keep uh, Tony and Tom still the same. They'd be like lethal weapon. They'd be like Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> yeah. And you have the ghost of, uh, um, I always get this mixed up, is it Dewey? Daniel Cash. That's why he came back with. He said, <laughs> yes, I'd be the ghost. <laughs> I love it. And it's yeah, perfect. No, it's, it's perfect. And you bring in both rays, because why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was another thing as well. I was trying to, because obviously we had Carol and Keith running on the guest list, and unfortunately he had to go and do a shoot project in scotland and there was like all these miserable photographs of him on it on instagram just looking at a camera that's soaking wet in um in some uh, remote part of scotland but i was sending him photos and what tom was uh, paul was saying about him and stuff and uh, he was like he sent a lovely message back for everyone and so he was following it uh, on a, on his phone so but it's great it was just nice to see people interacting and even callum callum keith or just following the event from afar it's amazing uh sir look i know you're against time crunch and you've given us more time already than you'd originally planned so thank you very much uh, oh, I'm, uh right. I'm now a little bit against the clock but uh it's been wonderful chatting to you you're gonna have to come on and uh talk through an episode with us at some point sounds good love to um, i'll probably have to do coffee if you're doing one yeah, exactly. Like, one of us will be on coffee. That's all we can say. <laughs> Either that or one of us is going to turn to morning drinking, which isn't a good look on anyone. No, 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 no. 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 Um, <laughs> um, but, no, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll be in touch and, yeah, we'll, we'll sort something out down, down the line, definitely. Uh, can you, um, is it okay if we play one of the clips from one of the videos you've shared at the moment? Uh, we, we, we haven't launched it yet. We will do. No, no, I mean from the clips you put uh, up on the... Sorry, the clips you put on the um, yes. uh, Facebook already. Just like five yeah, minutes absolutely. of, uh, of yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Gross talking. Yeah. So uh, after... Yeah, share, share, share away. I was just going to say, after the little sting, you will hear one of those clips, but please go to our YouTube... Oh, sorry, our Facebook or the Facebook page for Due South... Uh, or the convention page and you will find these clips and you can watch the videos as well uh, we just want to share a little bit of me to tease you in and hopefully get you uh, really excited for when the full ones go online um, but again thank you very much for not only appearing here uh, with us again but also for doing these events I, I think it's wonderful and I think it's wonderful for what it does for the fandom again just give a quick plug for those goodie bags Thank you very – oh, th sorry. Thank you kindly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram um, and Twitter. Uh, just just do a search for RCW139, uh, Due South Convention on Facebook. You'll find us. Um, Instagram and Twitter, it's Due South Event um, to some degree. 
Um, and uh, our website is rcw139.org and I think we'll update that and add photos from the event when we can um, obviously the YouTube channel will be launched uh, when will this go out? Uh, t- today or tomorrow today or tomorrow it'll go out in the next 48 hours I believe yeah so we're, we're recording this on the 17th of uh, August so you can see how true I kept that by the time you listen to this no no I am aiming to get this out today but <laughs> worst case Sunday this is going to be out I'm going to get this out. Uh, right. And I would like to say to anyone listening, we are going to have a, uh, a run of, of episodes. I've got two in the bank, which just need a lot of editing. Um, it might be because we got very drunk. I don't know. But uh, there's a couple which I need to edit, which will be coming up. Uh, we try and record them now, so they just go up live. So I apologize that this is going to go up with uh, a few moments of Skype lag. Uh, it's just so I could get this episode out today and plug the goodie bags, which are uh, still available now. And shamelessly plug Sorry, my man. own book. This way up on Amazon now, whichever country you're in. I'm sure it's on your Amazon. I will look forward to checking that out. And one thing I did forget to mention, we may have a few of the little trinkets as well from past events. Again, we're, uh, we're going to sort through all those and we'll probably post those up as little sets to buy as well. Cool little things like RCW139 number plates, uh, signed DVDs from Paul Gross, that kind of thing. Wonderful. My name is Detective Squee. Uh, not joining me has been the usual gang, but joining me has been... John Wright from the RCW139 Fan Conventions. And until next week, keep your compasses pointed due south by southeast. As always, thank you very much to Mr. Matt Lee for that theme tune. And now we uh, head over to one of the clips from Paul Gross. The second or the reboot of it uh, last year. It's on Netflix now. And I'm trying to remember how this went because I did, uh, I had gone to LA and early on Robert Lantos had sent a pilot, the pilot. And I didn't even read it because I just didn't want to do a series at that time. And so that we passed on that. And then he went off and tried to set the show up and cast it and didn't, I guess, wasn't able to. And then they came back about three quarters of a year, a year later and said, would you read the pilot? And I was talking to my agent. I said, I don't know. He said, look, they're going to pay you a lot of money. You should at least read <laughs> So I read it and I thought it was one of the best things I'd read. It was... I was laughing in the first two pages and also thought I had no idea how to even begin figuring out how to play this part. So I said, sure. And then they, they were shooting the pilot. So I was filming and they were already sh- they were already gathered up in the Yukon. Uh, in Alaska, we were kind of on the border. And so I had to, I had to leave the set. I, mean, I, I remember thinking, wow, I must be in like, Hollywood. Because we left the set in a quite a long car and went to an airfield and got on a private plane, jet, and flew to Whitehorse and then got driven into Skagway. Uh, and then I met everybody at the bar at the hotel we were at. And it was kind of, it was I, it was pretty disorienting. I, I hadn't been in any of the clothes, I didn't you know. But, and the first person I was talking to was Gordon Pinson, who, was, who had lost his mind because he had 
And so he starts to take off on the road, and everyone's standing there. I, you know, your brain can compute distances pretty quickly. And so he's not going to clear that building. And he's going along, along, and all of a sudden, he realizes he can't clear it. And then just sort of turned it, and it curved it into the border crossing. And there was a girl coming out of the craft service truck with a tray of stuff and the wing went right across here and cut her t-shirt, didn't touch her skin. Completely crumpled the airplane. And the director says, well, I'm going to have to shoot something else. 